actually, if you want to grab your Bible and uh, turn to Genesis 41 and, be, and stand with me uh, for the re- reading of God's Word. Genesis 41, and uh, we're going to do verses 1 through 8 to start with tonight. And uh, we'll do quite a bit of this chapter as we work through it. Um, a lot of it's going to be just reading through it as we uh, go through the message tonight. But uh, Genesis 41, 1 through 8. Verse 1 says this, And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well Uh, favored kine, and fat-fleshed, and they fed in a meadow. Behold, seven other kine came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kine upon the brink of the river. And the uh, ill-favored and lean-fleshed kine did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kine. So Pharaoh awoke, and he slept and dreamed the second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up Upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh woke, and behold, it was a dream. It came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Uh, Our Lord, we're grateful for the privilege of being in your house. Thank you for the freedom to do so. Um, Lord, I ask that uh, you'd be with us tonight and uh, open our hearts, open our minds, help us to focus in on what you'd have for us. And and, uh, I pray, Lord, that we would uh, uh, go and do what we hear tonight. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, sometimes uh, when it comes to living for God and being faithful, we, and you may have thought this, is it, is it worth it? Is it really worth all the effort, all the standing alone, all the uh, dealing with trials and difficulties because of doing what's right? Is it really worth it? And uh, in short, the answer is yes, it is worth it. It's worth it now, and it will indeed be worth it when we all see Jesus and we all face Him and uh, an answer for our lives. It will be worth all the times that we stood for the Lord. It will be worth all the times we were faithful, no matter the cost uh, that, that came with it. But if there was anyone who really could have asked the question, is it really worth it? It probably would have been Joseph. Uh, Joseph, if you recall, was mistreated by his family members. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. They actually uh, thought about killing him, but decided to make a dime in the process and uh, sold him instead. And so he was mistreated by his family. He was falsely accused by his boss's wife. There is he was uh, put into Pharaoh's, uh, Potiphar's house and, and uh, kind of be, the Lord began to bless what he was doing and Uh, But Potiphar's wife began to eye him and and desire to have uh, an inappropriate uh, relationship with him. And he decided to refrain. Uh, Praise the Lord, he did that. Uh, But she lied about him. And so as a result, he was sentenced to prison for a crime he did not commit. And then while he was in prison, he again, God blessed him. He was faithful there in prison. Uh, But 
uh, he ended up meeting a couple guys, uh, Chief Butler and the Chief Baker. Uh, both of these guys had dreams, and Joseph kindly, uh, for free, he didn't charge him for it. He interpreted their dreams, and uh, he just said, hey, the only thing I would ask in return is that you would remember me when you're, re- when, when you're restored. Well, two years happen, and uh, crickets, absolutely nothing. And he's wondering, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Um, and uh, it just seemed like every time he does right, it seems like he's being punished for it. But remember uh, that we're learning in this series, the, the name of the series is the Romans 8.28 man, because he learned many times throughout his life that all things do indeed work together. His life is a tremendous illustration of the fact that God is in control and that he's working everything out for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You see, everything is about to change in one fell swoop. In a matter of a few verses, Joseph goes from prison to palace and his dreams uh, that he had so many years ago are about to, start, uh, about to come to pass. And all the hard times and all the trials and tribulations end up being worth it all in the end. And so as you're going through difficult times in your life and you're wondering, is it all worth it? Uh, I would say, yes, it is. And Joseph, if he were able to give a testimony tonight, he would say, yes, hang in there. Keep doing right. It is worth it. God will bless. God will, in his time and in his way, bring it all to pass and and make it all right. And so tonight I want to look at uh, this particular part of his life and uh, learn some lessons about Joseph here. Um, from his life. First of all, I want us to look at the fact that Joseph was humble. Was humble. Let's pick it up in verse number 9 here. As uh, Pharaoh has these two dreams, and uh, he wanted someone to come interpret it, and no one was able to do that. Verse number 9, it says, Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Like, oh, no. I should have brought this up a long time ago. Um, Verse 10, Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me and Ward and the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, and I and he, we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was uh, there with us a young man, an Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. To each man according to his dream, he did interpret came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me he restored into mine office, and him he hanged. And he said, oh man, I've blown it. I, there was this guy I was supposed to mention when I got out of here, when I was restored, and uh, try to get him back out of prison, but uh, I kind of forgot until right now, until you brought up this whole dream that needs to be interpreted. And, and uh, he goes into the story there of, of uh, Joseph interpreting those dreams and how they came to pass. Well, verse number 14, the Bible says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. I mean, can you imagine this? I mean, one day he wakes up and thinking, okay, today's going to be like any other day here in prison, the horrible prison food um, and uh, whatever else that they did during the day. (coughs) And uh, he thought this was going to be an ordinary day. And then all of a sudden, Secret Service comes in and says, all right, Pharaoh wants you. Come on. What? 
This was the day he had been waiting for for so long. Finally, it's come and finally it's happening. And it happened in a whirlwind. Uh, hastily, he got brought out of that dungeon and he shaved himself and changed his raiment. So he took a shower and, and got cleaned up and got a new set of clothes on and, and uh, came unto Pharaoh. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It's not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And and in this part of the the story here, we find uh, two aspects of Joseph's humility. First of all, he was humble in his reaction to the butler. He was humble in his reaction to the butler. Now, what does the Bible say about Joseph's reaction to to seeing the butler? It, It says, Joseph got in his face and yelled, Are you kidding me? Two years it took you to remember me? How bad is your memory, my friend? Uh, Why did it take you that long to remember me? Is that what your Bible says? Uh, No, there's no indication at all that that particular conversation ever took place. In fact, the Bible is actually silent regarding the interaction between Joseph and the butler, uh, which says to me that I really believe that Joseph did not hold any grudge towards the butler. And Again, I I don't know that I can totally prove that, but the Bible doesn't say otherwise. And uh, just knowing Joseph, I, I really believe that he was trusting the Lord and the Lord's timing and sovereignty in the whole matter. Um, and yet, this guy really did forget him and really did uh, hurt Joseph. And uh, if he wasn't careful, if he's like many of us, he would have possibly held a grudge. And when he saw him there, I'm sure he would have given him the the evil eye, like, are you kidding me? Two years? Where were you? Where, what's been going through your mind? Do you remember me? Hello? Well, the Bible says nothing about their interaction, uh, which to me says that he was forgiving and he uh, forgave the butler. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 32, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. There's a verse, and I don't have it in my notes, in the book of Proverbs, it talks about, it is a glory for a man to pass over a transgression. And I call that the Passover principle. Not every time do we have to, uh, not every time do we have to have a a sit-down confrontation about something that uh, someone did to us. Many times we can just simply forgive them. Whether, whether or not they meant it, whether they not they even know they offended you, you could still pass over a transgression. It is a glory for a man to do that. If you can't do that, then it's up to you to go to that person and uh, confront them and say, you know, I've been offended. Um, Matthew chapter number 18 talks about that it is those who have been offended also have the responsibility to go to those who they offended. Um, and those who have, or I'm sorry, those who've been offended to the one who offended them, they have the responsibility to do that. And the question is, do you hold grudges against others who let you down or hurt you? William H. Walton said this about grudges. He said, to carry a grudge is like being stung to death by one bee. You just keep carrying that one bee and that one bee keeps stinging you 
Every time it comes up in your mind, every time you think about it, every time you think about that person, it's like you're being stung every time, and pretty soon you'll get stung to death. Uh, James Alexander, uh, Tom, in, uh, in, I believe, his book called The Nuggets, um, said this. He said, uh, at one point, armies would carry cannonballs with them, afraid they would meet the enemy somewhere and have nothing to shoot at it. Well, in terms of specific gravity, grudges are about as heavy as cannonballs, uh, but it makes little sense to carry them. Most likely, the enemy is unaware of your uh, enmity and surely would be surprised to learn that you've been stocking them with a cannonball in your pocket. So examine your grudges. Do what armies do when, uh, when, when hostilities are over. Unload the cannonballs, stack them on the courthouse lawn, then marvel at how much easier it is to get around. If you've got a grudge that you're carrying, I would encourage you to drop it. Uh, it's hindering you. It's a weight that's... We're supposed to be running a race uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And what does the writer of Hebrews tell us to do? Lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And I believe many weights that some Christians are carrying are called grudges uh, towards someone that hurt them in the past. And... Uh, it's evident here that uh, Joseph did not hold a grudge towards uh, the butler because there were, we'll find out later on that he didn't even hold a grudge towards his brothers who sold them into slavery. He actually chose to forgive them too. And uh, I don't want to steal the thunder for that. Uh, we'll, we'll wait till we get there. Um, but he was humble in his response or his reaction to uh, his to the butler. And then he was also humble in his response to Pharaoh. As Pharaoh uh, brings him out of the dungeon and says, hey, I, I hear you're kind of an expert at uh, interpreting dreams. That's kind of what I've been looking for. Uh, I heard you're the dude. I heard you're the in dream interpreter guru. And he could have said, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> you heard right. That's me <laughs> in the flesh. That's not what his response was, was it, though? His response was, in verse number 16, he said, he answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. You see, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Joseph never forgot the fact that the talents and the abilities that God gave him were that just that, God-given abilities. And he didn't take credit for them himself. He always pointed them back to the Lord. When it comes to humility, I want us to remember this evening that humility is a key characteristic in the life of a Christian. And remember, humility is also the first part of the formula for revival. 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 14 says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then... Uh, he promises to bring revival and healing to the land, but the first part of it is humility. Um, and we need to remember that humility is an important aspect of the Christian life. Proverbs 18 and verse 12 says, Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. We all want honor, don't we? But before honor comes, we also uh, we need to exhibit humility. We all want the blessings of life, but God's order is humility first and then honor. 
Proverbs 22 and verse number 4, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. And once again, if we want these riches and we want honor, we want you know, abundant life, well, part of that, uh, we can't have that without humility and the fear of the Lord. And Joseph had both. And so we see, first of all, Joseph was humble. But then we see, secondly, tonight, Joseph was honest. Honest. As it comes down to, uh, Joseph is now faced with uh, what he's going to tell Pharaoh, uh, verses 17 uh, down through, uh, well, let's, let's, let's just kind of pick it up in verse 17 and start reading through this here. Verse 17, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what my dream is. In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. Behold, there came up the river seven kine, which are, by the way, cows, uh, fat-fleshed and well-favored, well and they fed in a, in a meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them, poor and very ill-favored, lean flesh, such as I never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. So he said there were seven really healthy-looking and healthy-looking, I wish that was the case for, for us, right? You know, the bigger you are, the healthier you look. You know? um, I'm getting healthier as time goes on in uh, my marriage here. Uh, but anyway, the, uh, the, the cows, there were seven of them that were fat-fleshed and, and just, they were good-looking cows. And then there were seven others who came up after them who were very, very skinny bone jones. Um, and uh, they, were, they were, that was a bad thing. Well, verse 20, And the lean and the ill-favored kind did eat up the first seven fat kind. When they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ill-favored as at the beginning. So I woke. I saw my dream, and behold, and he goes into the story of the, uh, the dream regarding the, the corn. Verses 23 through 24. And then verse 25, Joseph said unto Pharaoh, Well, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. And once again, he's giving credit and, and the glory to God for all of this. He's not saying, hey, I'm about to tell you. Um, no, God's going to do it. But he is now being honest with Pharaoh. And can you imagine, I mean, one moment you're in prison, the next moment you're standing before the most powerful person in the world at that time, and having to answer and, and interpret a dream that you know is partially good news, but also, also partially bad news. What's he going to do? Well, he tells them the truth. He's honest with them. Verse number 26, the seven good kind are seven years. And seven, the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. Seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty years blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is a thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the, land, and the famine shall consume the land. And this, by the way, is, uh, first of all, here under this point, is uh, he gave the interpretation. So this is the interpretation he gives to uh, to Pharaoh. So he basically says, look, there's going to be seven years where the economy is going to be boosting and booming. And I mean, people are going to be, it's going to be an amazing time uh, economically in uh, our country. 
But then after that, there's going to be seven years where the economy is going to absolutely tank and it's going to be a nightmare. And so uh, he says here in verse number 30, And there shall rise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten. I meant to start in verse 31. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the famine following, for it shall be very grievous. So people will forget about the seven years of uh, the great booming economy. People will completely forget about that because of how grievous this famine is uh, in, in the seven, 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 or second seven years. There we go. That's what I meant to say. So uh, he, gave, he gives the interpretation, and, and uh, this was not easy news to share with Pharaoh, but he was willing to be honest and willing to give the interpretation. Now, of course, uh, back in this, in this day, they didn't have the Word of God. They didn't have the Bible. And so oftentimes God did use dreams, and we've talked a little bit about that already in the life of Joseph. But uh, now he doesn't use dreams so much as he uses the Word of God. This is how he communicates. This is how he speaks to us. And uh, so the encouragement for us is to be in God's Word to know what God has to say. So Joseph was honest enough to give the interpretation, and then he also was honest enough to give the importance of uh, this dream. In verse number 32, it says, For that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will surely, shortly bring it to pass. So he's basically saying, look, God is under this because he repeated it, um, and a lot of times... um, God does confirm something uh, like, a, like a dream here. And uh, he, he established it uh, in verse number twenty or 32 here. It's been established. God will surely bring it to pass. And so he's, he's basically saying, look, this is, this is God's will. This is what God's doing. And uh, you just need to deal with it. We're going to need to figure it out. And so the, the idea here for us and the application for this part is, again, God doesn't speak to us through dreams. He speaks to us through his word, right? And so the God's word is essential in our lives, and we need to be in his word and understand the importance of his word in our lives. Uh, as I gave the Bible to these two guys last Sunday night a week ago and told them that, if they want to be prosperous, if they want to be successful in this life, according to God's eyes and, and God's perspective, they need to be in God's Word. It's impossible to do outside of uh, following the principles of God's Word. And so the same is true, not just for them as they graduate and move on into life. The same is true for all of us. For me as a pastor, and for me as a dad, and for me as a Christian, and for me as a husband, it, it, the way I'm going to be successful and prosperous in this life is if I am in God's Word, and I'm, a, I'm applying God's Word and living it out in my life. The same is true for you in, in your business, and in your job, and the things that you have, the roles that you have in your life. If you want to be successful and prosperous in your life, get into God's Word and live it out um, he gave the importance of uh, the dream and uh, the importance of the interpretation. And, uh, of course, he doesn't, we, we don't live by dreams now. We live by the Word of God. And, uh, and so he gave the importance there. And then he gave the instructions in verses 33 through verse 36. It says, Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise. And he's, he says, he didn't just say, Well, there, there's the interpretation. Have a good day. Can I uh, be released now? 
It's not how he reacted to it, is it? He said, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give you some instruction here on what you should do with this information. Verse number 33, Now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise, set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. Let them, let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the, in the cities. And that food shall be uh, for store to the land uh, against the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt that the land perish not through the famine. So he said, here's the interpretation of your dream, Pharaoh. Here's the importance of your dream. Now here's some instructions and uh, you should do something about it. Um, I don't think he was saying, hey, you need to go look uh, look at a man discreet and wise and set him. I don't think he was doing that. I think he was just saying, hey, here's what you should do, Pharaoh. Honestly, you should find a good man that can do this for you. When it comes to the instructions, um, basically when we come to the Word of God, going back to the fact God doesn't use dreams, He uses the Word of God, uh, it's, it's great to know what the Word of God says, but, but if we don't do anything with it, if we don't apply the instructions of the Word of God to our life, it does no good. And, and if Pharaoh didn't uh, heed the instructions that Joseph gave here, Egypt would have been in big, big trouble, and so would have all the surrounding nations. Really, the whole world depended upon uh, the success of following Joseph's plan here. Uh, and if, if that didn't get followed, the whole world would have been... A, in a big, big mess. And uh, if, if we don't follow the Word of God and we don't do the Word of God, uh, we're, we're setting ourselves up for, for heartache and for, for serious failure. And so we need to apply the truth. We need to heed the Word of God. James 1.22, But be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. It's like when you look into a mirror, and all of us did that this morning, hopefully, and said, oh, I need to change some things. I need to do my hair. I mean, I had a few hairs out of place. And so it took me a while to get this looking this good. Not too long, only about 45 minutes. And uh, my hair was just perfect, just right. Me and Dan kind of race in the mornings to get our hair ready. And uh, I usually win. Uh, but anyway, uh, no, the thing is, is when you look into a mirror, you see things that need to be changed, right? Uh, God says... This book is a mirror that we are to look at. It's a spiritual mirror. And when we see things in our spiritual lives that need to be changed, and we go, eh, I'm not really interested in changing that. Well, then that's, that's, like, that's like looking in a mirror and saying, oh, I might have a whole bunch of hair out of place, but oh well, I don't have time to deal with it. So let's be doers of the word. Let's not be hearers only. And so Joseph was honest in all of that. Well, then we come to number three here tonight, and that fact that Joseph was honored. Joseph was honored. Uh, verse number uh, 37. The thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as, uh, as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none, none so discreet and wise as thou art. 
Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And so, first of all, in this, we see his, the fact that he received a tremendous rank in all of just a matter of, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say the, the amount of time he was from prison to now being given this tremendous rank here. But all of a sudden, he went from being a prisoner in charge of a bunch of other stinky, dirty prisoners to being second in command of the most powerful nation on earth at the time in a matter of, I don't know, a couple hours, maybe? I think that's reasonable if you kind of follow along uh, with the story. In verse number uh, 41, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt... And uh, he said, you're going to be in charge. You're going to be in charge of the plan that you uh, put forth here in, in uh, verses 33 uh, through uh, 36. And so he received a tremendous rank. But then he not only that, he also received rewards. Verses 42, what did, what did he get? There were some benefits. There were some perks involved with this new position. Um, verse number 42, Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. Uh, that was a significant gesture. Uh, the, the ring wasn't just a ring of like an accessory. It was a symbol of authority because a lot of times they would use that ring to sign things. They would stamp letters and with a, with a ring. And uh, that, that ring was Pharaoh's ring. And Pharaoh said, I want you to have this. That was pretty significant. So he got a new ring out of this deal. Verse 42 again, and I put it on Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen. Quite different from the uh, clothes that he was wearing there in prison. Uh, now all of a sudden he has vestures of fine linen and, and then put a gold chain about his neck. Uh, he got some bling out of this whole thing too. Right, and then verse 43, not only that, he got, he got a new set of wheels. He made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And, and they cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. Well, verse 42, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. He said, you're going to have the control and the power. And uh, we've learned throughout his life already how he responded to this type of power when he, or when he was given places of power and, and authority. He didn't abuse it. He didn't misuse it. He, he was faithful in those times, and God was testing him and preparing him for what he was about to do here. In verse 45, Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath uh, Paneath, Paneah. Um, I think that's how you say that. And he gave to him his, uh, gave him to wife uh, a Asenath, 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 one of those, um, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. So he got a ring, a new wardrobe, jewelry, got a new ride, got a new wife, all in a matter of a very short amount of time. Quite a turn of events. So he received a lot of rewards. All right, but then... You think, man, 
that's pretty cool to be Joseph right here. He has power, he has possessions, but he also received responsibility. He received responsibility. Look in verse 45. Joseph went out, last part of verse 45, Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he, Joseph, gathered up all the food of seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities, the food of the field which was round about every city. He laid up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering. It got so much that it was like, let's just forget the numbering thing. He probably tried to like keep tallies and keep spreadsheets. And, and uh, he was like, you know what, let's, let's skip that. It's just, it's breaking our computers. Of course, they didn't have computers back then, but you know what I mean. Uh, and for it says in the last part of verse 49, for it was without number. It was just so much. Um, so he, he takes his responsibility seriously. And with the rank and rewards that he received, he also got quite the responsibility. Many times, young people want the rank and the rewards without the responsibility. Uh, we graduate from high school, from college, and we go, hey, I, I want... I want the, the, the sweet job with a lot of, a lot of uh, respons- without the responsibility, but I want all the rewards. I want the perks, the big salary, and I want you know, all the power. But, uh, but don't ask me to do anything. I'm not willing to do anything. Um, that's kind of, I, I want to encourage us to remember that responsibility goes with these uh, rewards and position. Uh, Joseph was responsible and got the job done, and they didn't know it, but lots of people were depending on him to do his job and to do it well. He did. Proverbs 14, verse 23 says, In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. Um, you, got, you probably know somebody, for those who work in a big company, you know some people who are like, they, they just like to talk instead of actually doing their job. <laughs> and and uh, it's like, hey, Good to talk to you too. I got to get back to my work, or I'm going to be in trouble. Um, and uh, in all labor, there's profit. And and Joseph was Mister Business when it came down to his responsibility. He was faithful in the job that he was given, and and the Lord had prepared him in the different responsibilities. Remember, even at home when he was a kid with with dad, he was faithful there to tend those sheep and to do the job that his dad asked him to do. To go and find out how his brothers were doing there in Shechem. And then, and then he gets sold, and now he works for Potiphar, and, and he was very faithful there and did a great job and, and, and was responsible. Well, then he was lied about and thrown into prison, but even in prison, he was responsible and now in charge of these different prisoners. So really, everywhere we see Joseph, we see him responsible and faithful in what he's been given to do. And so the encouragement for all of us is to do the same Proverbs 12 and verse 22, the hand of the diligent bear it, shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Those who are willing to do the work are going to get the, respond, the, the rewards and the rank. But those who are slothful are always going to wish and be jealous of those who are over them uh, because they're not willing to do the work. Proverbs 10 and verse 4, he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. 
but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Okay, so as we consider the fact that Joseph was honored, I believe that this part of Joseph's life is an amazing illustration of someone becoming a Christian. I want you to think about it for a moment. Uh, his, his rank. Um, he goes, when, it, when someone come, becomes a Christian, he goes from bondage to a free man, doesn't he? The moment that he believes on Christ, he becomes a free man. The song we sang this morning, uh, And Can It Be, one of the verses in there it says, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flame with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, I went forth, and I followed thee. So just like Joseph was taken out of prison and now he's a free man, you and I become free in Christ. But not only do we become a free man, we also get a tremendous rank that the Lord gives us, a position that the Lord gives us in Christ. Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 4 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He has given us a rank. You realize that he's made you a king and a priest? If you're a believer tonight? Just like Joseph, in a matter of a, a few moments, was in prison, but then... Uh, through the grace of God, now he is a king. That happens to us as believers too. So he's given us a rank, but then he's also given us rewards too. The blessings of being a Christian tremendously abound. What are some of the blessings, some of the rewards or perks of being a born-again believer? Well, just to name a few, here are some. In Christ, you are a new creature. You have been indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God and He will never leave you nor forsake you. In Christ, you have been forgiven of all of your sins, past, present, and future sins. In Christ, you have been made accepted in the Beloved. In Christ, you have been rescued from an eternal place called hell and given the promise of a home in heaven. In Christ, you have direct access to God anytime, anywhere, for anything, for as long as you want. In Christ, you have been given His Word to guide you in this life. Remember that the Bible is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, and He's given that to all of us. In Christ, we have been given brothers and sisters in the Lord, a, a spiritual family. In Christ, we have been given exceeding great and precious promises of the Word of God. And this is just to name a few. I would say a little better than some jewelry and some new, a new chariot. Uh, Joseph got all that, but uh, we get quite a bit more. Uh, and by the way, uh, my wardrobe, uh, Joseph's wardrobe wore out. Uh, but the blessings that I just announced to you this morning or this evening will never wear out. These are eternal blessings uh, from the Lord. So we are given tremendous rewards as well. But the Christian life is not just about the rank He gives us or the rewards that He shares with us. It's all also about the responsibility He gives us too as believers. Now just as Joseph was given the responsibility to use resources to help people live, 
We have been given the responsibility also, the task to use our resources to help people live eternally. Now the resource we have is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must believe it, we must live it, and we must share it with others. It's our responsibility as believers to get the gospel out. Five different times, once in each of the Gospels and once in the book of Acts, God has commissioned us and given us the responsibility to share the Gospel with every creature, to preach the Gospel all around this world. By the way, it's not just my responsibility, it's for every single believer. So, as we look at this part of Joseph's life here, he was honored in a tremendous way. And uh, I'm thankful that he was. And uh, the Lord did use him in a tremendous, in a tremendous way. Um, let's look here in verse num- number 53. Let's pick it up there and we'll read down through this and, and uh, we'll wrap it up here in just a moment. Verse 53, And the seven years of plenteous that was in the land of Egypt were ended. Seven years of dearth began to come according as Joseph had said. And the dearth was in all lands. But in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph. What he saith to you, do. Famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn. Because the famine was so sore in all lands. Joseph was a tremendous individual. God used him in a tremendous way there in government to help people live. Um, God's given us, again, a responsibility to get the gospel out to all countries so that they may live. How are we doing at getting the gospel out? How are we doing in our responsibility? Oh, we like the rank that God's given us. Hey, we're kings and priests. We like the rewards. I'm thankful for all the blessings of being a Christian. But what about the responsibility? Let's take seriously our responsibility like Joseph did uh, back in those days. And let's be humble. Let's be honest. And let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your word. And this part of Joseph's life, what a, what a dramatic turn of events. He went from prison to palace in a matter of 